From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy, because it feels so... Illinois Republicans suck. In fact, when you look at the Illinois Republican chairman, and you look at the salary of the Illinois Republican chairman, historically... It's between half a million and 900,000. It averages 700,000. Now, I don't know what this particular chairman, Tracy, makes, and I don't know him from a chili pepper. He may be a great guy. I don't know. But what I do know is in the past, they've done nothing but fail. And it goes to all of the never-Trumper Republican scum, but they've all made a lot of money. You see, there's a lot of money in policy front-running and policy profiteering. If you look at either the Cheneys or the Illinois Republicans, they seem to do very well. They seem to have suntans in the winter. Not like me because I've earned it, but because they sit on their ass and they steal from campaign contributions. They figured out nifty little ways. These are all slip-and-fall lawyers for the most part. And they found out nifty little ways to legalize extortion and bribery, which is why they never fight for the deregulation They never fight for slimming down, trimming down government or for eliminating bureaucracies because that's how they exist. And they exist off all of us. And they're always telling us how much we need them. What they can't do is have you understand the game. You see, the game is to to regulate you into slavery, into poverty. The game is to make sure that government is in every fracking business deal, everything we do every day. Now... For years, we've talked about how you can't do anything without government. You can't open a factory. You can't have a business. It's all extortion all the time. And when you start to think about the money that they get off every purchase you make and every dollar you earn, and you start to expand it, it's almost impossible that this country is bankrupt. But in the short time since the Republicans go along to get along, moron Republicans keep signing the checks called continuing resolutions. That we are now at $33.9 trillion quietly. So there's a lot of stealing going on. But the ramifications are the rest of the world understands what we're doing. And they want to de-dollarize. That is a big story. And when it happens in oil, at the same time, the American Marxists posing as Democrats, the mafia itself, is ensuring that it will be harder for the ordinary man to get ahead. What you should prepare for is not a recession but a depression. Because this is the story of the day, and I had to find it on an obscure business site. The global financial landscape is witnessing a sea change as the United Arab Emirates, UAE, boldly moves away from the U.S. dollar and its old trade deals. This strategic shift is in line with the broader ambitions of the BRICS Economic Alliance, of which the UAE is a recent addition. The change, which involves a switch to local currencies for oil transactions, marks a significant shift away from the dollar's long-standing dominance of the global oil market. But now that $33.9 trillion that we're in debt will double the minute the world stops buying our scam of the world currency. And they deserve it to double. 
They, if they were smart, they would distance themselves from a dollar that stands for nothing and is subjugated to the political corruption of both parties. Now, some people want to come on and point to the morons. Well, that's easy to do. The Democrats are the lower IQ section of our society. And by the way, with other movies and movies, she's earned a Golden Globe and a primetime enemy. Enemy. <laughs> Lucky he didn't say enema. But he knows he's an idiot. That's me. Primetime Emmy. See, and that's the why he's the perfect candidate to steal not only the most important office, but to move forward with the mission of the mafia. You see, it's the worst kept secret in the world that the Democrat mafia, starting really around the time of Barack Obama when he was late on his car payment for the Chrysler 300, around, he wants to knock us all down. So we're all bust outs like him and his wife were. And this is the plan of all of the people who hate our success. See, they can't figure out, how did this country come out of nowhere in the, in the framework of history? Out of nowhere. Only 240-something years old, yet it's the youngest and the richest, and it's in control. Why? And what they can't figure out is because our government was emaciated. It didn't have the tentacles into every aspect of our life that it has now. Now, it has taken years and many a scheme to have those tentacles. The real scheme that they're in is this eco-Nazism. Because it doesn't matter what is in place. The gods among us known as politicians and their lobbyist whore scum known as the establishment. They will always do better than us. Because they're the ones in charge of it. So the perfect vehicle is the dementia patient. After all, in his entire career before the dementia, he was always stupid. Everybody knew Joe Biden was stupid. He was always pliable. If you had enough campaign contribution, you could get him to eat a banana and drop off a fruit salad in 20 minutes. But now we have the evidence that Joe Biden is an asset of true enemies to our ideology. True communists, Marxists, and oligarchs all reaping the rewards of having a traitor in the position of presidency. Today, the House Oversight Committee is releasing subpoenaed bank records that show Hunter Biden's business entity, Owasco PC, made direct monthly payments to Joe Biden. No, squirrel, this isn't old. This is from today. And every day it's more. How do you think he, he bought all those mansions? How do you think this $2 whore, like so many of the Republican, uh, what are they called? Committee chairman, who never had a fracking job in their life. What's the last guy's name? The guy with the suntan who, who soiled my studio. What's his name? Pat Brady? That's Swindler. How do you think Pat Brady has the tan? Do you think he made his money the way me and you did? Through risk, through work, through effort? No. He makes it through selling false hope, like all of them, including the Cheneys, who profit on another scheme of our policies through warmongering and murder and mayhem of foreign policy. And they're going to tell us how to work, too, right? They're going to tell us. She had no idea she was writing about a future speaker. The Speaker of the House is a collaborator to overthrow the last election. Absolutely. So she's on the Sunday shows, good at absolutely nothing. If it wasn't for her father and her being the fruit of his loins, Liz Cheney wouldn't be selling cookies at a PTA because something tells me she sucks at baking as well. In the meantime, the mission to put us back in our place, to turn us into the slaves the Europeans admire and pray that they get a good ruler, that is working full steam ahead. Their mission to knuckle us under to incompetence and corruption, we're right on track for Infinite growth on finite resources is not only a myth, but is extractivist and ruthlessly oppressive by design. 
So when talking about growth and defending growth, there is a very important first question that we need to ask ourselves. Who are we growing this economy for? They are not, as they call themselves, progressive. They're not, as they call themselves, liberal. They're fascists who want to redistribute and control every aspect of life. They don't like the arrogant Americans. They specifically don't like the idea that we don't need government to get rich. Well, if you're outside of these Democrat sewer areas, if you are, you play ball with the crooked dailies, right? You get yourself one of those phony jobs. In the meantime, Liz Cheney is here to tell you she wants to put the toothpaste back in the tube of the wrongful ideology that there should be Republicans in charge of lives in the way Democrats are. Call her a very concerned conservative. John Dickerson this morning is talking with Wyoming Republican and former Congresswoman Liz Cheney. Given your experience, do you look at politics differently? Do you say, you know, we spent a lot of time demonizing the other side, which put all of our supporters in the mindset of, you know what, they're not just wrong, they're evil. Yeah, absolutely. If everything that a political adversary does is met with, you know, an attack that, oh, my God, this is this is, you know, the worst possible thing you can imagine. So let's put uh, let's take the lipstick off the pig. Huh, double entendre intended. What they're trying to do to control us and turn us into slaves through regulation and bureaucracy is, in fact, evil. This is evil. And what stories do we use to justify it? We have to acknowledge what lays below our growth. White supremacy, colonialism, and imperialism. White supremacy justifies a global system of exploitation and extractivism. Colonialism lays... She sounds white. See, these are the white people why I hate white people. I hate white people. I hate them. ...is at the foundations of the European economy, institutions... Only the European ones. The ones who like to be slaves and advocate for tyranny. Like this $2 whore. Corporate value chains, trade deals, investment agreements, and geopolitical structures of wealth accumulation. Which means that there is no degrowth without decolonization. They're cheering for degrowth. So when you hear the regulations or the money being spent, make sure you understand the intention. The intention is to deliver on the promise that Joe Biden is, on the treason that he represents. Joe Biden has been bribed by enemies foreign and domestic to make us weaker. This wasn't a payment from Hunter Biden's personal account, but an account for his corporation that received payments from China and other shady corners of the world. Now, this fat slob, Liz Cheney, and this idiot that soiled my studio on Saturday, do you think they care about this? Or do you think they want a piece of the bribery? Oh, I pick B. What happens if Mike Johnson's the speaker on the 6th of January, 2025? He can't be. You know, we're facing a situation with respect to the 2020. Oh, what do you mean he can't be? So you're a so-called Republican. You won under the Tea Party, right? Didn't you run as a Tea Party? I mean, after your dad gave you the green light. By the way, is that rat still alive? In the meantime, you mean to tell me you want the Republicans to live? To, I mean, to lose, Fatso? 24 election uh, where it, it's an existential crisis. Uh, and we have to ensure that we don't have a situation where an election that might be thrown into the House of Representatives um, is overseen by a Republican majority. What? 
So you're saying you don't want a Republican majority. Now, aside from the absolute fact that Joe Biden is the recipient of communist money and oligarchs around the world, except for the aside from the fact he has implemented policies that have destroyed the quality of the ordinary citizen's life. Are you not concerned about World War Three, Fatso? Pentagon reporting that an American warship has come under attack in the Red Sea. There are also reports that there were several commercial ships in that area at the same time. Now- so I want you to remember this when the never Trumper speaks. They don't want the, the tranquility. They don't want the strength in the economy. They don't even want the lives of the American soldiers to be protected. They like this corruption and they will advocate and make sure no matter what the Democrat mafia and the government supremacists of which they are stay in power. That's what Liz Cheney really is, a government supremacist. So you would prefer a Democratic majority? Uh, I believe very strongly in... So would that scum that dirtied my studio on Saturday. So would all the never-Trumper frauds. And those principles and ideals that have defined the Republican Party. But the Republican Party of today has made a choice, and they haven't chosen the Constitution. And so I do think... What? What did you say? You know, I wonder, where is it in the Constitution that your crooked piece of garbage father, who's guilty of all kinds of insider trading, policy front-running, got a lot of brokerage checks, which was it, Raytheon or is that Lloyd Austin? Nonetheless, where is that in the Constitution? That your dimwit father could nullify the presidency through manipulating a moron like George W. Bush. I think it's... uh... It presents a threat if the Republicans are in the majority in January 2025. Remember that. So when they give you the advice, they don't want you in the majority. They don't want the rule of our actual country law. What they want are lobbyists and profiteers. That's why the scum don't go work like me and you do. They cozy up to the connected frauds, the slip and fall lobbyist lawyers, and then they become things like the chairman. Ooh, a chairman of the Illinois Republican Party over the last 30 years has become useless and insignificant, except when it comes to video gaming and pot dispensaries. I wonder if they have any investments in those industries. What do you think? 312-642-5600. He's Sean Thompson. Hello, Mr. Thompson. And this is the Sean Thompson Show on AM 560. The answer. AM 560. The answer. I wonder how many never Trumper scum got in line for that PPP. Line my hands, you fracking $2 whores. That's why I would never write $1, $1 Illinois Republican Party. I'll send you a roll of Charmin because that's all you're good for. What have you done to a party that once controlled the state legislature? Look at you frackin' losers. And you're going to open your mouth now? You see, you almost have to admire their inability to have shame. Their inability to understand just how obvious it is what they really are. Two-dollar whores in a five-dollar world. Michael, Southside. Sean, uh, thank you for taking my call. Sure, thanks for making um, Yes, I, um, I wish the best for you and your loved ones during this holiday season. You too. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Uh, thank you for calling out Pat Brady. Uh, I listened to his, uh, I listened to the show on Saturday and I was appalled. So you're the one. 
You know, a friend of mine sent me it. I was out enjoying myself, sent me a, a thing. He's like, you have to call in, first of all. I'm not calling it. I didn't even know who the kid was hosting it. But he sends me a snapshot of the YouTube, and there were zero viewers. That was that was genius. I'm sure a lot of people couldn't wait to hear what the greatest failure in Illinois politics has to say about anything. But go ahead. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's bad enough that Pat Brady uh, is a term called Rhino, but for him to uh, go after Jeannie Ives the way he did was just disgusting oh did he go to after Jeannie Ives well he went after her when she was trying to upend seven foot of stupid I think seven foot of stupid was he in power was he on the payroll I can't decide when he was in power but I do know that's when people stopped being Republicans in Illinois and now that failure fraud lobbyist is going to give advice why don't you go back to Washington where did he get that tan where do you think he got that tan Michael you think he got it because he has a vacation home or because he made some money in the market or took some risks or do you think he got it because he was a leech onto the Illinois Republican Party and sucked off a few hundred thousand a year for absolutely nothing. What do you think? I will go with uh, the latter. See? Yeah. It's called the Kamala Harris plan. Thank you very much, Michael. I appreciate it. Dominic Glendale Heights. Yes. He actually, I asked Pat Brady, how much did it take for them to buy him out? And he goes, I'm insulted. I go, really? You're insulted, insulted, huh? He's insulting. He's insulting. And so are every one of the other never Trumper scum. And by the way, they're the ones that are directly responsible for the collapse. They're the ones that are responsible for all of us. Businessmen, people of character, people who never voted for Democrats. Getting the hell out of there. It's them. And in the meantime, they never lose their tan. They're like me. Only dishonest and crooked. Uh, Brian and Gurney. Hey, Sean, you're on a roll. Keep it going, man. Thank you. Hey, I uh, want well, two things. Let's say this little, that she's a witch. She is a witch. There's a one, but she's a witch. No, she's Second a Viagra all, slayer, but go ahead. <laughs> okay. Second of all, you're going about the, the, the county going bust. Once, once the reserve dollar gets uh, talked and we lose our status and reserve currency, we are going to become a third world country, and when that happens, we are going to have a, a major depression of biblical proportions, and I think we're going to have a civil war. A civil war because uh, this is such we're, we're too civil for a civil war now, and a lot of the people who would participate in a civil war don't have to because there has been a secession, thanks to fraudulent state representatives and state Republican parties. People have recognized the futility in pretending that there is such a thing as a righteous political party, and they've gone to different areas. It's called high ground. And uh, Liz Cheney was laughed at in the state that, it, that she was elected to because her daddy said vote for her. It's a threat Cheney hopes she can be clear enough about to break through the political numbness. You say Donald Trump, if he is reelected, it will be the end of the republic. What do you mean? He's told us what he will do. People who say, well... You know, you could argue the end of the republic was when your crooked father figured out how to make the military-industrial complex a revolving door to bureaucrats. You could say that. Um, But you could also say, man, oh man, did he make a lot of money. What is he, a billionaire now, Liz? Well, if he's elected, it's not that dangerous because we have all of these checks and balances. Don't fully understand. Not one audit. Not one. They use their political power to put before the the judges that were political. So they dismiss the cases. Not one audit. We found the ballots in the in in, in the uh, various storage lockers. Doesn't matter. We did. We had same day registration. We had the absence of state legislatures where the court system changed the voter laws, stuff it in, 
And you still don't want to talk about that. You want to pretend that if we question it, we're somehow not partaking in a democracy. She doesn't understand the premise of a democracy. The democracy isn't just because you whores, both the Republicans and the Democrats and K Street tell us the answers and we say we want to see it. And you say, no, trust me, that's that's what this election is. But I think, you know what, Liz, I think you're making a lot of money. Oh, I do. I think you and Lloyd Austin and all the corrupt political whores are making a fortune. After all, you're rubber stamping the continuing resolutions. What exactly did you do as a congressperson? The extent to which the Republicans in Congress today um, have been co-opted. One of the things that we see happening today is a sort of a, a sleepwalking into a dictatorship. In the- when this corrupt slob of a human being was elected as a congressperson, birthing person, the national debt was, what, about $16 trillion? What did you do to stop it? What did you do except rubber stamp it? You're sleepwalking. After all, what would you ever do? If it wasn't for Dick Cheney, you wouldn't be able to sell cookies. 312-642-5600. He said you are a whore, and he speaks the truth. He believes in freedom, capitalism, and individual liberty. And because of that, he's become an enemy of the state. He's Sean Thompson, and this is The Sean Thompson Show on AM 560, The Answer. AM 560, The Answer. All the never-Trumpers, they want to keep funding the scam. They're just mad they're not Joe Biden and the Democrats. You guys want a piece of that action, huh? Like when Dick Cheney was in office. How much money do you skim from those policies, you corporatist whores? In the meantime, you want to argue against Trump? Me too. I'll argue. The idea that you would immunize these big pharma bastards and then give them cover by naming it warp speed. What the frack were you thinking? Not to mention you could imitate the velocity of money. You couldn't figure out the scams that would happen from that? Tonight, we've learned a suburban lab is accused of stealing millions of dollars in federal funds as part of a COVID-19 test kit scheme. A new- See, the Democrat mafia sewers, they know how to steal money, man. And they really love stealing it from government. Because you idiots don't ever look for it. Just ask the Pentagon. 50 cents out of every dollar. Even when Dick Cheney was in office. The unsealed federal indictment alleges that the owner of Luna Labs in Schaumburg filed $30 million in false Medicare claims between January and May of this year. Of this year? Can you imagine what this crooked bastard stole over the last three? How you doing? And federal investigators say Bakar Hussein Ras Syed claimed his company... Bakar Hussein Ras Syed. Something tells me that money wasn't being spent... In discotheques. Oh, no. That could have gone for some terrorist activity. We provided COVID tests to people. but Ironically, we funded. Many of those alleged recipients say they never requested or ordered any tests from the lab. It's like voting. You don't have to do it. All you need is a name. Uh, George in Naperville. Sean, they're really pushing toxins for stocking stuffers in this state. I see huge billboards that say get the gift of cannabis this Christmas. You're kidding me, right? No, I'm not. No, I'm not. You know what's funny, George? Trace back the, the ownership of the dispensaries and the growing farms. Trace it back. You'll be amazed how many names you recognize. Woo! And you'll be amazed how much bipartisan corruption it is. Right, Pat Brady? 
That's how you get to tan, you freaking scam artist. Dan in Chicago. Hey, Sean, how you doing? I'm splendid. How are you, Dan? I'm doing good. I have a theory for you. I just want you to hear it out. I've right. noticed that the whole that the whole world now has gone into they've been rabid. They, they I think people have gone a lot crazier. Here's my theory. I wanna I wanna run it by you. I wanna run it by you. All right, brother, but you have to remember when you talk to me, we love history, right? So we'll show you some crazy history. It's amazing how stupid people have been. But go ahead. Yes. Everything from twenty twenty forward has been gone into clown town. I mean everything's been crazy. Now you gotta think, what happened in twenty twenty that started all of this? Well, it's not COVID. It is one of the things, but what happened? It's the miracle cure, the jab. People have been getting this, and they've been turning rabid. They've been turning crazy. Now, Dan, I, I like this. Let me be very clear. I like it, but it's too, uh, it's too expedited. It's too fast. When you realize that you could grab a 20-year-old kid today, your average 20-year-old kid, and ask him what is communism, and notice how they cannot tell you. See, to me, the problem is decades long. It's when we started to give credibility to people because they said they had a piece of paper called a diploma rather than the character of their content. And you started to believe people were experts because they were strangers who had a tie on or dressed up real nice in a skirt back when women used to wear them. And we started to pretend that they were qualified to be teachers and doctors. It's when we, we gave over our suspicion of strangers. And when we turned over uh, law and, and society mores to experts, that's when everything went sideways. Because if you listen right now to all of this eco-Nazism, Dan, you realize none of it makes any sense. They're trying to regulate an infinitesimal percentage of greenhouse gases, and they're telling you that you have to give up so you get to net zero, but none of the other countries are going to do that, and we don't know what the answers are, but we know you've got to spend money doing it. See, to me, it's that we've been under the people under our age group, have been undereducated, and our age group too. But we lost our ability to be suspicious or to want to know for ourselves. We became headline readers. And back in the day, when's the last time you saw some, a young kid actually reading? When's the last time you saw him reading an article? Reading. Not listening to videos or TikTok, but reading. And then thinking, boy, this is an unusual article. How does that work? See, they don't do it anymore, Dan. You've, you've lulled people into the luxurious entitlement phase of life. And that leads to disaster. The good news is you and I and thousands of listeners and good people throughout the world want it to stop. And, 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 and we're worth at least 10,000 of them. Just ask them. Thank you very much, Dan. You see, I understand you, Marxist scum. I even understand you corrupt Republican scum. Oh, I get you. You half-ass wannabe gangsters. We need to take these conversations outside of these rooms and make sure that for all of the hundreds of fossil fuel lobbyists demanding growth, there are thousands of us demanding degrowth. That's it. And now this thing, fossil fuels. Hey, stupid. It's not fossil fuels. You've been buying that tagline for 110 years, thought of by a swindler who was a consultant to Standard Oil. The idea you think it's bones. Oh, it's bones. How many uh, uh, oil fields you see in cemeteries, Tuts? In the meantime, what it really is, is the most successful renewable energy the world or mankind has ever experienced. Completely organic from Mother Earth to us. And we have perfected it. Human beings. And you know who perfected it even better? Americans. What we did is why they have light switches in those third world hell holes. Where you're from, honey. Ed and Dyer.
Hello. Hi. I don't believe in conspiracy theories. It's been a long time since I talked to you because I haven't had anything that was worth a crap. But right. I think I think uh, January 6th was the plan. It was the plan. So Donald Trump comes out and says, I'll give you a National Guard to protect us. Nancy Pelosi says no. So then she has her daughter there filming the whole yeah. thing. Yeah. Then the FBI's in there with all their people involved. And nobody knows and nobody will say the truth. And every time they ask the FBI director, you know, Ed, he what says, I can't tell you that. What you're, what you're describing isn't a conspiracy theory. It's evidence of a conspiracy. They're two different things, and we've got to stop buying their language. You're 100% correct, and it's the perfect way to divert attention from the fact the election was never audited. Ever! You shut it down for four hours. We found ballots in storage facilities across the country. We found anomalies, and you never wanted to look into it. Why? Because you have the perfect mafia you need. And now we're all about regulatory fascism. For virtue, don't you know? That's my favorite kind. Ask the Soviets how it turned out. 312-642-5600. Make money, smoke cigars, and live free on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. A lot of activity this weekend. A lot of inbreds. A lot of kids of cousins running around yelling, Aloha, snack bar, killing people. Now about a violent attack overseas on tourists near the Eiffel Tower in Paris. One person killed and two others injured. French police say a man known to authorities for having psychiatric issues. Psychiatric issues. Notice how they don't say he was yelling, Aloha, snack bar. Attacked a couple with a knife, killing a German tourist. He was then chased by police and attacked another two people with a hammer before being arrested. After his arrest, police say he expressed anguish about Muslims dying in Afghanistan. And- really? Should have shot him in the forehead during the chase. This way he wouldn't have to explain anything. Several people have been killed in a bombing in a Catholic mass in the southern Philippines on Sunday. The religion of peace. Aloha, snack bar. We should just give them all uh, C-130s. Jack in Chicago. Hey, Sean. I really love your sense of humor. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate it. If only you had a sister, Jack. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, she's married. The reason Uh, I called is because other than religious... Uh, but the thing about Palestine and Hamas, I'll never forget the day that the Twin Towers went down. They had a camera that was shot in uh, in Palestine, and they were all going nuts with the... Yeah, you know, good at that yelling, and that, man, like Cherokee. That was, enough, that was enough to make up my mind right there. I agree with you, Jack. I appreciate it. And then the fact that Saudis were in the plane, that's why I never liked those inbreds. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. But here, I do love the way they fly planes. Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. Not the livestock. Not the goats. What am I going to do on Saturday? Chuck and Dullivan.
Well, Aloha, snack bar to you. Thank you. Hey, uh, you were talking about stuff. I, I played Santa Claus for the last seven days every day. Okay. Did the kids ask you about the Jack Daniels breath, or did they just glaze over and hope you give them some? I want to tell you something. Every Santa Claus I ever had when I was little was drunk. Sure. And I do, do not drink at all when I play Santa Claus. Uh-huh. And sure you don't. Yeah. I've totally I believe had you. Santa, you I just had never Santa drive Claus. in a car. But go ahead. No, I had, I had Santa Clauses. Honest <laughs> to God. I had Santa Clauses when I was little. They were smoking cigarettes and sure. drinking beer. Yeah. Oh, Oh, Santa my. likes Schlitz and like, camels. I, yeah, why not? Oh yeah, I, I said I will never do that. But right. anyway, so so all the kids. I'm going to tell you right now. Uh, I was in Kenosha. I was in Milwaukee. Uh-huh. I was in Lake Geneva. I was in Park Ridge, and all the kids have brought their uh, uh, their list to me. You know, they wrote letters to each. You know, to me. Ninety five percent of the time, spell check. They were right on the money. I don't think you have to be scared. Oh, okay. Spell check and Google. I, oh, yeah, it might help us. But the other thing, too, you got to yeah. remember, Chuck, is their mommies helped them. Like, they help them with everything. These kids always have their mommy on their ass. This and that and the other thing. Did your mother ever go? Let me ask you this. Did your mother ever go to a sporting event? Did she ever go to a sporting event you were in? What, one, maybe two yes. a year? No, no, no. She went all the time. I wrestled. I played football. Really? And I boxed. And she was there every time, right there. No. I'm not mine. My mother just said, "Bring home the trophy." But I got. But I got to bring home the trophy and do what you have to do to win. That's good advice, Greg and Lombard. Hey, it's Sean, Doctor Greg. How are you? So, in uh, China, they're talking about tens of thousands of kids being hospitalized with respiratory infections. What they say is that they're all identified pathogens, meaning no novel infections. But guess what we have here: adenovirus hospitalization. RSV hospitalizations, rhinovirus. So these are all colds that we've had for decades and decades, and I'm seeing people hospitalized with cold viruses, uh, which I've never seen before. So look for maybe multiple new versions of, and it reminds you that COVID is a coronavirus, which is a cold virus, except when it gets fiddled with, it no longer is a cold virus. It's more serious. So I have serious doubt as to you know, what's going on in China is probably already here. Dr. Greg, we had a a news story break from OMG News, which is uh, James O'Keefe, and he taped a California uh, cabinet member for a congressman. He was his chief of staff, and he said he knew a long time before the news broke about the secret biolabs in California. In fact, there is speculation that there's Chinese biolabs all over this country. So I, I completely understand we are in World War III, and the weapons this time, in my opinion, are bioweapons. And that's exactly how I explain COVID. I'm not the only one. I think there are notable doctors and scientists who feel the same way. Uh, I just don't know how many Americans have to be infected, hospitalized, or die before people realize what exactly is happening. I was very surprised. I saw actually my first uh, knowledge of RSV vaccine was on a TV commercial. I'm like, what the hell do we need an RSV? It's a cold virus vaccine for adults. And then lo and behold, several months later, I'm seeing people go in the hospital with RSV. So, boy, that uh, those vaccines take years to develop. Five years ago, there you would have laughed if somebody said, I'm going to invest billions of dollars in an adult RSV uh, vaccine, and lo and behold, the second it's available, there's a need for it. You gave me optimism today because you're a doctor who is somebody of character, and I want you to know tens of thousands of people feel the same way. Thank you very much for taking time to call Thank my you, show, Sean. doctor. Take care. Bye. Bye.
We'll be back with your call. Or we have a guest. We have a guest. You're going to love it after this. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like on top of me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy. For years, he has been a research fellow at Heartland's Institute, researching socialism. You know, the one that sucks, that destroys the quality of life, that is steeped in corruption, death, mayhem, and mediocrity? Yeah, that one. He is also the host of the In the Tank podcast at Heartland Institute. He has been a contributor of three of Glenn Beck's books, including Arguing with Socialists, The Great Reset, and Joe Biden's Rise of the 21st Century Fascism. He is Donald Kendall. Donald, thank you for joining me. How are you? I am doing fantastic. Thank you for having me on. You know, I was going to start off by saying I'm going to play for you an unelected bureaucrat in a position of power, but that really steeps up the entire Biden administration. So let's go with the easiest and the one that at least we know how she got there. As vice president, I have partnered with Caribbean leaders, including Prime Minister Terrence Drew. Yes. I like a snort. Mia Motley and others to launch a new initiative to build climate resilience and renewable energy for island nations. Earlier this year, I was proud to be in Zambia, where we secured $7 billion in private sector investment for initiatives such as climate smart agriculture and renewable energy projects across the continent of Africa. Now, the way that they have these private sector initiatives is because they give them tax subsidies or benefits to contribute to the scam. Now, in all of your research, all of your life researching the utopian lie of this so-called phony virtue nicknamed socialism, have you ever seen one that not only worked the way it was sold or wasn't riddled with political corruption to enrich these whores? No, absolutely not. I mean, that is a hallmark of that entire ideology. And the worst part about it is when you scale it up, the bigger in scale that it gets, the bigger in scope that it gets, the more people and constituents and money that feeds into it, the worse it gets. The economies of scale are completely reversed when it comes to socialism or collectivism in general. So when you talk about this at like a communal level or something like that, or just like in your family, it's like, yeah, I could see how bits and pieces of this socialism idea, this collectivist thinking kind of works. If you scale it up to a city or a state, or now when you're, when you're talking to Kamala Harris, they're talking the whole globe. It's just like the worst case scenario when it comes to these types of schemes. Now, Americans are either lazy or just willfully ignorant. But one thing is for certain, this entire weapon of corruption called uh, uh, green energy, as I like to call it, eco-Nazism, not only doesn't work, but is forced participation through mandated regulation and the backdoor nationalization of entire sectors of our of our bills that, that the government passes. They, they, in essence, have cooked this into the books where the people have nothing to say about it, nothing. And it's it's immune 
to the evidence and the scams, the cylindras, the rest of it. None of it exists because of us, the people. So at this point, when you've regulated this version of corrupt socialism and it's in spending bills, doesn't the Republican Congress have the ability to simply not fund it? Uh, you know, you can dream as much as I can dream, but, uh, you know, the reality of it, it just seems like this limitless, I mean, we, it's funny, we always kind of talk about this idea of, oh, they're taking your tax money and they're using it for A, B, and C. But I don't know how long ago, that, but that's been outdated. Uh, it's it's printing the money. There's, there's, half of it is, is tax. Not even, the other half is freshly printed dollars. You're mouse clicking. They don't even go through the effort of printing it anymore. They literally <laughs> make it up. <laughs> right, right. They just move a decimal point over on a spreadsheet. It's that it's that easy. And uh, uh, what's that famous quote where it's like eventually it's socialism, you run out of uh, other people's money? It's like when you're talking about it like a Ponzi scheme across the entire world, it takes a long time to run out of money. That's a long time to just pour money into special interest pockets. That's a lot of a lot of time and a lot of money that you can prop up entire industries and help collapse other industries. So time is on their side when they grow these collectivist schemes across the entire world. And we're seeing so many of these schemes being hatched at the conference, like what's going on in Dubai right now, COP28. It's unbelievable what we're seeing. And it's uh, to me, the reason we're here isn't just the mafia Democrats. It isn't, because we've always had communists since the dawn of our nation. Always had willful slaves, those corrupt clingers that always wanted a piece of something for nothing. Let's call them Chicago Democrats. We've always had them. The reality is, and the problems are, the pushback, the so-called Republicans, have found a very profitable way to put up a false resistance and be in on the same frauds. When you look at this kind of money, when you talk about $5 trillion since 2004, under originally a Republican, this is a bipartisan problem, and they will protect this Leviathan of corruption because they can't really afford to have the schemes go away. They'd rather go to war with countries that identify it and want to stop using our dollar, which I think, you can make a very valid and virtuous argument why no country should be forced to partake in our currency scam. What do you think? Yeah, no, I, I, I'm glad that you mentioned that because what I think is going on here. So uh, COP28 happening right now, Dubai and the United Arab Emirates. Uh, United Arab Emirates, part of OPEC, they're a petrol state. A quarter of their GDP comes from the oil and gas sector. Do you think that's a kind of an odd setting to kind of hatch these plans to abandon fossil fuels? But what I think is going on is that there's kind of a battle for the soul of that kind of rich kind of Middle Eastern area, uh, you know, Saudi Arabia, United Arab Emirates. There's like a battle over the soul of those uh, those countries to see if they can stay in bed with the Western powers before they kind of get dragged over to the China and Russia, uh, that kind of, uh, you know, the BRIC countries and all of that. So I kind of think that that's the reason why COP28 is, is taking place over there. And and one of the things that kind of sticks out and it's kind of you wouldn't this shouldn't surprise anybody that, you know, knows the fact that it's a petrol state, all the GDP quarter of it comes from oil and gas. That the uh, Sultan Al Jaber said uh, just, uh, I think, over the weekend, saying that there was no science out there or any scenario out there that says that we need to phase out fossil fuels to achieve, uh, you know, 1.5 degrees, whatever, by whatever year. Talking about how if we did completely phase out fossil fuels, it would take the world back into caves. 
And it's like a guy at a climate summit is saying that? Like what? Well, it's but nice because he can afford later, to say it. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. But then a day later, and I don't know what happened within this 24 hours, a day later he comes out and says, oh, you know what? Uh, the science says that we, that, uh, that we must get to net zero emissions by 2050, and we do have to reduce emissions by 43% by 2030. There was just a misunderstanding. And I basically just read you the quote. There was no misunderstanding there. So I'm wondering what happened in that 24 hours. Uh, you know, was was his role in the global order threatened? Was there some threat made to the, the kind of global financing for different projects, the United Arab Emirates? Or do you think it was like an old-fashioned roughing them up in the back room mafia style? Mm-hmm. I, I'm not entirely sure, but it could I, be option three. Donald, I don't think, I, I, but I will tell you this, I don't think they have to rough them up. All they have to do is sit him down and explain to him how the American oil companies have diversified into the frauds of what's called alternative energy because the reality is there's a lot more money in the alternative to actually working and when you look at the kind of money these windmills are three and a half million dollars they're paid for and never questioned there's money on the way in it's all government money the the brokers are making millions of dollars selling this fraud of alternative energy and the best part of it is it doesn't ever break even until you have to buy another one. So it's the perfect scam. By the time it pays for itself, you need a new one. And now you have residual money coming in from a fraud that never worked. And it's never questioned because who would question it are the authorities. Well, the authorities are the ones perpetrating the crime. And this is something I don't think people realize. The big oil owns all the alternative energy, from the solar to the windmills to every other boondoggle, and they have to do less work, employ less people, and they make a far bigger profit because there is no such thing as fossil fuels. That's a miswording. It's organic produced by the earth, and it's everywhere. That's why we never run out, and it's always been a finite swindle. Yeah, I like to call it a uh, reliable energy. I, we always fall into this game, uh, this linguistical battle that the left always seems to be one-upping us in. But, uh, I mean, you're absolutely right. Uh, another shining example of all of that is, is China, right, which has twice the uh, carbon emissions as the United States. And, and people like John Kerry or, you know, other people that go to these types of conferences, COP28 and such, they'll point to China and say, look, they're producing all these solar panels. They're even putting up some of the solar panels. It's great. They're, they're on board with all of this climate stuff. But it's a complete shell game. It's not, it's not true. They're selling, uh, they're buying, uh, making the panels using slave labor, and then they're selling them to us because we're the only ones that are dumb enough to actually buy it and put it up. So while they're doing that and they're getting all these accolades of going green, in reality, they are still putting up way more coal power plants than any of the rest of the world combined. There was a recent Greenpeace, I don't cite Greenpeace a whole lot, so it's notable here, that uh, uh, Greenpeace report that said that in the third quarter of 2023 alone, they permitted more new coal power plants than all of 2021. And more than 95% of global coal plant uh, capacity that's begun construction in 2023 was in China. So how green is that? I mean, they have all these promises. They sign on to these pledges saying, oh, yeah, five years from now, we'll start doing something. And in the meantime, they're just doing everything that the Al Gores and the John Kerry's are warning the world about. And I say good, Donald. Good.
I don't want anybody to capitulate to this phony eco-Nazism, this corrupt fascism, because at least as they resist it, we can have hope that there are going to be countries that refuse to bend knee and neuter themselves as our political mafias demand we do. And ultimately, we can hopefully sustain the Biden corruption and the election stealing long enough for people to pull their head out of their ass and stop buying the lie. What do you say? Yeah, it's just you know what what's uh, what's going to fall first, the lie or the the backbone of our economy. I think that's kind of the the million dollar question there. But you you brought up the idea that all of this is like very like a mafia. And when I was putting the notes together for our discussion here, and you know some of the other podcasts and stuff that I do, I could not help but see all of the allusions to the mafia. Uh, I, I mentioned that El Jabber thing that they rough them up in the in the back room, but uh, John Kerry. John Kerry talking about how you uh, you can run, but you can't hide. I'm reading a direct quote from him. You can run, but you can't hide. And we have to be prepared to name and shame people. And this is John Kerry that I've come on your show and talked about how he uh, his, his plan to have a, uh, a, a satellite spy network to basically see where carbon emissions are coming from. This is the same guy that calls out the agricultural sector and says that they have to do something. To me, it just seems like John Kerry thinks that he's like the right-hand man of the Mafia, Don, and he can go up there, beef out his chest, and everyone will capitulate to him. That's what it seems like. It's you know, just Donald, so mafioso to me. Well, it's even it, the nice thing about the mafioso is at least they were made up of heterosexual men that had the decency to rough you up to steal your money. These rat bastards just take your money through the threat of incarceration and law. And when you really break it down, when you're getting started and you start to make a little money and you realize whatever you do in life, whatever it is, they get a cut. They not only get a cut out of your income, they get a cut out of what you use with what's left. And then at the end of it, the the, the best part about them turning us into bankruptcy is they can use that failure their inability to stay within the parameters of what they make they can use it to take whatever's left at the time of our death so when you look at it at least the mafia stops taking your money when you die the government doesn't they're worse than the mafia and they ride a horse side saddle right and uh, and they have the justification of trying to save the world that they pin all of this on right have you heard of the uh, climate damage fund this is a new yes. thing that's coming out of COP28. Don't they, don't they, don't they, aren't they going to charge us so that we fund this? So they give our money oh, yeah. to, to, to foreigners again? Again, they give our money Absolutely. to foreigners. Absolutely. So this is a, a, a climate damage fund. Both countries that have already suffered the irreparable damage of climate change impacts, such as drought, floods, and rising sea levels. So soon, the government is going to tax money away from you, send it through some climate damage slush fund, so that a fraction of it can pour into the coffers of some corrupt administration in some third world country. I bet you feel the guilt of your climate sins lifting off your shoulders already, can't you, Sean? Well, Donald, what I see is the perfect scam. Because what they're doing with that foreign money is what they've been doing for decades, as they've been stealing from the American people, and they call it not being able to pass it, an audit in the Pentagon. They hide budgets. We have 18 intelligence agencies with virtually no oversight from anybody of any decency. But what they have is a legal bribery system where they can corrupt these third-world 
despotically run hellhole corrupt countries like Ukraine or pick one in Africa and bribe the leadership enough to go along with our scam or they kill their own people. And then when all hell breaks loose, here we are to pretend to be allies and we continue to send billions. That's exactly what we did with Ukraine. And I have yet to hear an articulate argument from somebody in power who can actually stop it. Why are politicians afraid to tell the American people this is a foreign policy money laundering scheme, not a foreign policy? Yep, it's a it's a it's a great question. And and it's really like the the uh, the infrastructure that they put into place to wield this sort of influence is really unbelievable. Uh, I mean, like the, the, the way that it's fine tuned is, is something that crime syndicates should study because, uh, you know, when you have John Kerry going out there and threatening entire industries, not necessarily putting any proposals in there, just threatening it. It basically puts that industry in a situation where it's like, ah, should we risk kind of falling afoul of, uh, of uh, the crime syndicate that's in charge of all of this? Or should we play ball? Uh, it's probably cheaper if we pay play ball. And you see this time again, whether it's in uh, agriculture, whether it's the energy sector, uh, whether it's tech, big tech, artificial intelligence. It's the same threat that's casted at all of these people. And it's not even necessarily directly. And they all feel the pressure and, and they, they, they fold under the pressure. Now, I'm a fan of when you contribute with Glenn Beck and other authors and when you write articles. So I'm wondering, is Glenn Beck, you, or is anybody at uh, Heartland working on the fact that the Fountain of Youth is obviously in the Senate because these son of a dogs never die? Is death taking a holiday or are you doing any research on this? Uh, we are looking into it. Uh, you know, some of the stuff I think might be top secret, but, uh, you know, if I find, if I find any secret codes or anything, it'll be the first that I tell. How about zombie presidents? We think Joe Biden passed away in 2017. The zombie, zombie presidency. Somebody, somebody reminded me today of, uh, Hillary Clinton and when she was running for president, she was was passing out everything all over the place. Right, right. And I was like, that wasn't even that long ago. How did I forget about that? But, There's some yeah. alien drug they keep giving these crooks. Thank you very much. In the meantime, keep up the research. He is Donald Kendall of the Heartland Institute. You can hear him on the In the Tank podcast at Heartland. Thank you, brother, for joining me. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. We'll be back with your calls and comments. This is the Sean Thompson Show, where Democrats are always wrong, Republicans are seldom right, and politicians are never, ever to be trusted. On AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. It's important you understand, this has nothing to do with the fracking climate. It's not only the backdoor nationalization of every business in your life in general, but it's a phenomenal scam. Now let's go to Kamala Harris, which I believe is Hindi for easy peasy, as she lectures us about climate change. Around the world, there are those who seek to slow or stop our progress. Leaders who deny climate science, delay climate action, and spread misinformation. Also known as the truth. The whole fracking thing's a scam. But if you're a California swindler and you're easy and you've looked for your underwear in the back of a Riviera, this is a phenomenal scam that you've been skimming billions for years. Okay, so uh, my first question is, are we seeing... Wait, you know, if you want to look in the dictionary 
under the word boondoggle, you'd probably find the California high-speed rail process. It was passed in 2008 by a narrow majority, about $9 billion worth of state funding by the taxpayers for this project. 2008, Squirrel. $9 billion, which back then was a good chunk of dough. 2008. What's the progress? Connect L.A. to San Francisco. Well, 15 years later, they still haven't laid any track. They've uh, interrupted uh, the flow of towns up and down the the Central Valley and have uh, put some causeways in so far. But many billions have been spent, and it's woefully over time. It's supposed to be completed by 2020. Well, Congressman Congressman La Malfa, what's going to happen? You're obviously going to abandon this idea. You wouldn't be stupid enough to continue to fund it after you already threw away $9 billion dollars would you so they're, they're going to seek more and more federal funding at most uh, out of what it used to be a 33 billion dollar project and now be a 128 billion dollar project Woo! 33 billion as it was sold 9 billion when it was passed so it starts at nine grows to 33 now it's 120 billion what is this thing ukraine at most they would identify 20 billion dollars for the funding they're going to come here looking for it Instead, why don't we invest in something that can help all Americans, such as food supply, build water storage in California? That would help all Americans, not a boondoggle running up and down the valley stopping in an almond orchard near Bakersfield. Well, there's no power in that, not to mention you've just had another increase in food stamps. I'm going to save you from playing the welfare queen as she gave me a headache, and I don't want to pass that on to you. But speaking of headaches, you have sea ice, which is melting at a rate that the Arctic Ocean now increasingly is exposed. In five years, scientists predict we will have the first ice-free Arctic summer. That exposes more ocean to sunlight. Ocean is dark. It consumes more of the heat. Eight eight times in the past million years, it has advanced and retreated with clockwork regularity. If we are unprepared for the next advance, the result could be hunger and death on a scale unprecedented in all of history. What scientists are telling us now is that the threat of an ice age is not as remote as they once thought. So I have a question, Squirrel. Are the scientists now the kids or the grandkids of those first Swindler scientists who said we were going to face an ice age? You know, not everybody's a rat, bastard, corrupt Democrat. The question is, that's all that's in Washington, even the Republicans. Glenn in Orlando. Hey, Sean. Kamala Harris said that in the conference, she was talking to the group and said, the clock is not ticking, the clock is banging and banging and banging. I think she's reliving some uh, events in her life. And Willie Brown started twitching. So do you think that Kamala Harris translates in Hindi to easy peasy, or I hope that's not a wart? Which one do you think it is? Uh, I think that... uh, Never, Never mind. Wait until you sell the house in Oakbrook before you get too cocky. Thank you, kid. Uh, Robert in Bloomingdale. Hey, Sean. How you doing? Splendid. I have a comment and then a question for you. Oh, it's the a multiple is, call. I love it. Oh, I know. You like those calls. <laughs> <laughs> no. First of all, people like John Kerry is disgusting. I mean, he pushes all this carbon crap all up. I wonder how many carbon uh how, how much stuff he burns up on his private jet planes because he's not good enough he's good enough to fly on that but he won't fly on commercial planes because he's so important now here's the question i want to ask you because you just brought this up all right how why are they raising welfare uh food stamp benefits on why, why are they raising it for why because that's how you keep the welfare roaches democrats 
You see, people are losing people are losing value even of the phony money called food stamps. They know full well the costs are parabolic. So ultimately, when they got to reach into their actual money that they somehow acquired, they don't like it. So you keep them quiet by keeping them fat and sassy. Thank you very much, Robert. Because after all, even the people on welfare go to the grocery store. With less than one year until the 2024 presidential election, Democrats are now ditching the term Bidenomics as the economy under Biden faces increased criticism. Take a look at these numbers. Since the president took office, consumer prices are up better than 17 percent. Gasoline prices up better than 35 percent. Credit card debt is up better than 40 percent. That's the key. Credit card debt since the Dimwood and Diapers acquired the office, is up 40%. And the interest rates are up more, well, when you talk about long-term secured debt, 100%. But when you talk about credit card debt, there are some credit cards that pay over 30%. That's the greatest scam known to man. And then there's always the golden goose of corruption. Tony and Bartlett knows. John, I love this topic of the climate change. Four and a half billion years of change, hot spells, cold spells, you name it. And I want to know who decided that this point in time right now is the perfect global temperature. Goldilocks. We spend a gazillion dollars to keep it that way. Goldilocks. It's not too cold. It's not too warm. We got to keep it just right or within 1.5 of magical degrees. But your point in the beginning is absolutely crucial. The data we have is from 1882, the earliest data we have. So you're talking about 140-ish years, 141 years of data, and we're trying to diagnose something that the Earth has existed for billions of years. Billions! And what's funny is you watch how stupid people are. Not just the ones that vote Democrat, but anybody that would entertain this as any kind of a science. It is not a science. It never was a science. It is a money laundering scheme. But more importantly, it's a weapon of control. I'm just curious to know, do you know many people that have the courage to say it's all fake the way I do and you do? Do you know people that say it's fake? It doesn't exist. It's not real. Or do you know a lot of cowards the way I do? Yeah, because the the answer is always going to be, well, what if you're wrong? <laughs> yeah, as if they can do anything. Let me tell you something. I am a, I am a hurricane survivor, and I, I think I'm as tough as 10 people. You can't do jack if it's really a problem. And if it is a problem, me paying more for my electric bill isn't going to stop anything. Just uh, do your – when you start to see Democrats sell seaside property, then it's real. Thank you, Tony. In the meantime, nobody asked that. What about when they sell seaside property? Well, what about when they call for more people to pay taxes? Well, it turns out the rich Democrats, even the ones in California, they don't really pay taxes. We're going to cover that when we get back. He will never negotiate his constitutional rights with the government. Live free or die on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. AM560. The answer. So you know all these slip and fall Democrat lawyers? And you ask, why do they keep voting Democrat? After all, don't they have these big palazzos and the property tax? Let's say, how many how many times could you hire Mike Madigan or the scumbag Ed Burke? How many times could you hire their shady law firms to uh, alleviate you from the taxes other people have to pay the whole time calling for more and more taxes? Well, if you want to reveal a scam, there's no better place than the... 
ultimate sewer of a once great state, now destroyed, called California, and ironically exposed by Floyd Mayweather. Did you hear this scam squirrel? Floyd Mayweather is one of the greatest boxers of his generation, although some also think about his past legal challenges. But could he now also be the person who uncovered a massive real estate tax evasion scheme? That is the question posed in a new L.A. Magazine article. The story is called From Ring to Real Estate. Floyd Mayweather exposes a possible mega mansion tax scam. It's written by investigative reporter Michelle McPhee, who joins us now in studio with more. Michelle, congratulations. Now, when you hear this story... I want you to think about the California mogul, movie mogul, who paid Hunter Biden's delinquent taxes of two and a half million. The virtuous California Democrats who really believe in socialism and Marxism and government supremacy. Why? Because they've mastered and navigated the pitfalls of it. It's a great article. Um, so for people that haven't read it, the, the real condensed version of it, what happened here? Well, so Floyd Mayweather wants his dream house. And he was looking at a $139 million property in the hills of Bel Air. Yeah, this is it there that we see it from Redfin. It's yeah. a stunning, stunning home, obviously. And it was designed with a buyer like Floyd Mayweather money Mayweather in mind mm -hmm. but when they got the contract I think there were some red flags that alarmed his lawyers one of them being that this wasn't a house in Bel Air that he was buying at all it was a company in Nevada mm. which just happens to have no income tax and as the lawyers for Floyd Mayweather dug more into this emergency room doctor who was selling the house, it appeared that he had a bunch of, uh, let's call them discrepancies that bordered on illegality. Right. And well, let's, his name is Dr. Joseph Engel, Englinoff. And Dr. Joseph Englinoff. Now, if you do a little research, you find out that the not so good doctor, real estate scumbag, has been a massive contributor to Democrats the whole time. Massive, even to the dimwit in diapers, Barack, who likes some big and round, always donating to California Democrats, including Newsom. I wonder why this wasn't brought up by the crack reporters during the debates. And you investigated him, and it was some kind of shady stuff you found, right? Well, I mean, I did ask him if he had ever voted in Nevada. He said no. No, by the way, I want to correct that. It's not shady. It's frickin' brilliant. The way a handful of short-in-the-pants mafia members pretended to be Chicago Democrats and destroyed the financial district, the insurance hub, the, 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 arguably the second greatest city in the country, and turned it into the ghetto where now Neiman Marcus gets its doors smashed by a Nissan. Oh, I said, did you ever register any vehicles in Nevada? His timeline didn't match up with the reporting that we had. So it did raise some questions. I think, you know, the biggest issue was the story that Floyd Mayweather tells about the dinner that Dr. Englinoff and his wife, who's also a doctor. Also a doctor and a well-known Democrat contributor. Listen to how they entertain Floyd Mayweather. Medical doctor invited Floyd Mayweather over to their home in Beverlywood and served fried chicken and watermelon, which seems so extraordinary. And, and, and so, they were having sushi. No, no, no. And they were having sushi. It's not extraordinary. It's an, ex an exposure of what the Democrats really are, in particular, the hierarchy who finances the Democrat Party. They're open and notorious bald-faced racists 
Right, and then that's what Floyd Mayweather says, and that and brings this Mayweather. out for them. Although he denied that and, and he said that he's not that. a racist, and that then that's being misinterpreted. And all I'm not a racist. Just get some fried chicken and watermelon for the guy paying 149 million dollars for your house. The sad part of the story is that Floyd May- Mayweather didn't beat the hell out of everybody in the house. So, that, so is this a bigger issue beyond just this doctor? And is this and how much money is this potentially costing all of us in terms of taxpayers? Well, it's really interesting because this particular sale with Floyd Mayweather occurred before the mansion tax was put into place. But now, if you start looking into this LLC, somebody who sets up a company as opposed to they want more regulations and taxes because they never paid them through their open and notorious bribery of political parties in this country. We'll be back. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is the Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy, because it feels so if you know anything about the legacy of the Pritzker family to aid, I think the greatest phrase would be called dark money. My next guest is a senior legal fellow in the Edwin Meese III Center for Legal and Judicial Studies at the Heritage Foundation. She recently wrote an article and learned the hard way. Uh, the Pritzkers also have a lot of clout, as it's known in Chicago. Let's bring on Sarah Partial Perry to discuss. Hi, Sarah. How are you? I'm well, Sean. Thanks for having me. So in the city of Chicago, it's very funny. I had a, a run-in today. I, I, I'll tell you about after we're done talking about this article. But clout is something that the people learn from a very young age. And everybody kind of knows that the clout is held not by organized uh, crime on the street corner, but by the true mafia, the Democrat mafia that has destroyed the once great city. Tell me a little bit about your article and your experience in trying to get it published. Very interesting, actually. Um, the original story is that the Chicago Tribune solicited uh, an op-ed just kind of talking about the brand-new political action committee that J.B. Pritzker was actually putting together. And he's called it Think Big America. That's a nod to his gubernatorial reelection campaign slogan. Now he's just created a bigger pack with more money. And essentially, he wants to take on what he calls right-wing extremism. Well, the Chicago Tribune came to us, and specifically to me, as somebody who covers matters like this. I wrote an op-ed, I sent it to them, and it sat there for three weeks. And then suddenly, they came back to us and said they didn't have use for it anymore. It was very interesting to us that a, a publication that originally wanted a take on Pritzker's pack suddenly decided that it was a little too revealing for them to be publishing because, in fact, as it turns out, what J.B. Pritzker is targeting is not right-wing extremism, but actually ordinary, everyday Americans who hold very common-sense majority views on socially, culturally conservative issues. So this is a new form of American fascism that really had the door opened, ironically, in my opinion, by the Republican Party. And what they did is they sold the American public this notion that um, the more money that fled into government, 
would somehow lead to freedom, when the reality is it leads to corruption, which is why I am dead set against super PACs. I think it's outrageous that we have legalized this form of control and bribery and money in politics. At the same time, we pretend they have limitations on campaign contributions for the ordinary American. Turns out you don't stand a chance if you're an ordinary American. But if you're part of a pack and a special interest, you really run the show, don't you? That's exactly it. And because we know J.B. Pritzker is, of course, the heir to the Hyatt Hotel fortune, the sole heir, I might add. This is an individual with billions of personal money available to him to advance whatever campaign promises he wants. And as it turns out, his perspective is not arguing for anything but against something. And he's made sort of his raison d'etre these specific ideologies that include what he calls book bans, which, of course, aren't book bans. This is illustrated pornography and publicly funded education that your taxpayer dollars pay for. Gender affirming medicine, which we know indicates barbarism, butchering, chemical castration and mastectomies for minors, the majority of which want restrictions on and also limiting the Supreme Court's decision in Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health. That was the decision that overturned Roe versus Wade. Well, as it turns out, the support, the American support for the Supreme Court's decision in Dobbs is actually up 2% from last summer when the decision was first issued. Why? Because the number of abortions nationally has also gone up as well, and particularly so in your home state of Illinois, where Pritzker Mm -hmm. is governor. So he's actually fighting common sense ideologically moderate perspectives. These are not even right-wing perspectives. These are states' rights and limitations on the ability of a minor to butcher themselves and the opportunity to dictate exactly whether or not we have pornography in state-funded schools. So common-sense perspectives, but he has more than enough money to be able to funnel into the super PAC, and he's already got his his sights set on Arizona and Nevada because both of them will have constitutional ballot measures that will enshrine state law in their constitution to protect what they call abortion and reproductive freedom. You know, Sarah, I was hoping that this ex- this expose of how sick and twisted this particular these books are, from gender queer to the other the rest of them, the pornography that. It, is uh, brought into our libraries and our schools. What I was hoping is that we wouldn't necessarily get sidetracked just on the topic, but on the scheme of political profiteering through the money laundering public sector purchases of specific books from specific people. And this came out really with Barack Obama reading, writing two autobiographies, the whole time being nothing but a failed you know, state legislator. And he wrote these books because the Democrat Party and the Republicans play this game of enriching specific people through public sector purchases of their product. And this, to me, is a scandal on top of the scandal of the content. And this has enriched and miseducated kids for the last 50 years, as we've had communists write textbooks, Marxists, government supremacists of all flavors, rewrite history and become very rich doing it. I was wondering, did you ever toy with the idea of exposing just how much money is in libraries carrying a book? 
how much money the author makes and how much how little the people have to say about it. You know, this is an unfortunate consequence of the outsized influence that unions have in public education. They are hand in glove with the American Library Association, who makes determinations like this in public school libraries. And naturally, they are also hand in glove with the Human Rights Campaign, which is the purveyor of LGBTQ plus rights in America, arguing as they have for decades, the expansion, not just beyond the LGB, but to the TQIA and plus. These are very closely knit connections, all of which maintain this pecuniary advantage because we know HRC, for example, they benefit directly from books like this in American public libraries. They are able to, at bottom, advance their extremist ideology to very young audiences. This, of course, in turn ensures that these individual children go off to higher education where the institutions have already been claimed by cultural Marxists and get those perspectives reinforced. So you see, Sean, how at an early, early age, it is exceptionally important to make sure that our children are exposed to information that is going to benefit them, enhance their cognitive ability, and protect their understanding of what is appropriate sexually, because that is not for teachers to determine, but for us as parents to determine. There's quite a bit of money. It would be very interesting to see exactly where the trails are and how much the American teachers unions benefit from book decisions like this. Well, this this was something that Howard Zinn mastered. And Howard Zinn was an ideological government supremacist, a soft socialist or hard Marxist, depending on how you interpreted his miswriting of American history. But in this particular arena, this is something I'm shocked with, because I'm one of those kids that uh, we weren't introduced into sex ed. And if you if you stayed in private school, you had a very different version of it. But to see that this is now being introduced to grade school kids and sometimes third and fourth graders, this is the exposure that I think people were not privy to prior to COVID. That is the silver lining of COVID. But when you see the target that's always attacked, it's Florida. But it turns out there's many other states that got rid of this idea that um, strangers were able to talk to grade school kids about sexuality. And I'm wondering... What is the, the, the citizen reaction to this? I have to believe it's the same as it is on the abortion topic in general, where 70% prefer limitations on the, on the mother's ability to kill the child. Absolutely. I think what we're seeing in these school board meetings, these open school board forums in widespread sort of uh, platforms and experiences across the country, whether you're in far left, deep blue California, or whether you're in deep red Tennessee, these particular uh, publicly funded schools that have these particular informational sort of accesses coming in through something as inane, as, as benign as the educational library that are instituting this pornography. Again, we just saw in the Senate a few months ago a hearing on, quote, book bans. And in fact, of course, we know that the Dems are in control of the upper chamber. But I will never forget Senator Kennedy reading from Gender Queer, and it made everyone's 
skin crawl, what he was describing and the acts he was discussing, including the illustrations, would absolutely boggle the mind. And that's what we've seen in large measure is Americans, everyday common American parents getting up at school board meetings and saying, listen, this isn't about book banning. It's not as if we want to eviscerate the opportunity to publish to kill a mockingbird or we want to eliminate the grapes of wrath or Fahrenheit 451. We're talking about illustrated pornography. And the longer we go without identifying that, I think we do so at the peril of our children and the future of our country. Sarah, he was actually, John Kennedy was actually reading that to another Chicago Democrat mafia oligarch by the name of Alexei Janulius, his family steeped in the same banking scandals as the Pritzkers. I think one was superior and the other one was Broadway. I, I can never remember the way in which the uh, mafia has enriched themselves. But he, they were held harmless to the collapse and they had shady loans with uninformed or underinformed people. And they all glazed past. In fact, they got away with it. And when you see the Pritzker family, you can trace this back. This is, what, the third generation of political corruption with this particular swarm of the Pritzkers. And they not only have the Chicago mafia clout, Penny Pritzker perfected the Obama clout. And I'm wondering, um, are people repulsed when they really dig into the legacy of generational corruption of the Pritzker family, or are they just ignorant to it? I think they're ignorant to it, quite frankly. Um, Chicago politics, listen, I grew up just outside Milwaukee. I've had family in Chicagoland area for years, so I am a Midwestern kid. I yeah. think outside the Corn Belt, you don't see a lot of understanding of exactly how insular Chicago politics can be. I mean, we can take this all the way back to Obama, his aspirations, the fact that he was ultimately a political ploy for hard left interests, including Soros, who were backing his campaign from a very, very early stage. He spent very little time, as you know, as a state legislator because he was already on a fast track to go all the way up to the White House. These are very insular, very closed door battles. Money talks and in politics, specifically in Chicago politics, it screams. I think we need to do a better job of educating people exactly how much money changes hands in local politics in Illinois. You know, Sarah, Pritzker was on, I don't know how many hours of FBI tape with a, another Chicago Democrat scumbag uh, by the name of Rod Blagojevich. And the only reason anyone knew his peculiar last name is because he married Dick Mel's daughter. So you have this acceptance of the culture of corruption. And uh, you couldn't have it if it wasn't protected. And I think the real story is that the Tribune once again protected the political mafia that um, they must be enriched by or have some sort of an under underworld agreement with. And I'm wondering, when you wrote this Dark Money, what were some of the other notable names you found funding this PAC? I forgot the name of uh, Pritzker's PAC. I know it had nothing to do with exercise or Nautilus. What was the name of the PAC? It was Think Big America. So, like his haberdasher. Right, it, Thinks big. Go ahead. <laughs> exactly. All right. All right. So think big America. I mean, again, this is this is a play on his campaign slogan for reelection. And he's he has found exactly the perfect model that worked with the next gen strategy model. Right. That's radical climate change activism. The more money you can shuttle in, the more money that you can shield, the fewer donors you can reveal to the public. I think that is the Chicagoland way 
for hard left politicking, and I think he's a master at that, frankly. Well, you know what's uh, what's amusing to me is, and, and I have to say, I was late in life before I truly understood the magnitude of it, but Il- Chicago specifically, but Illinois in general, is truly a national punchline. And they've been able to sell this ignorance and arrogance to the welfare roaches, be they corporate in Brooks Brothers suits or those who gain their sustenance and, and, and the roof they live under from it. Um, Illinois is a laughing joke. It is a punchline. And I'm wondering, do you, I don't think that he would have the audacity to even entertain national office, but he does have billions of dollars at, at his access. And I'm wondering, do you think there is a ploy here to expand the Pritzker legacy from just the culture of corruption that destroyed a once great city and now state? Do you think he has aspirations on a national level? You know, it's interesting. I I would have to just speculate and say someone with that much money and someone who is that hell-bent on eliminating moderate American perspectives on things and painting sort of America as being in the death throes of democracy is not somebody who is content just to govern and govern well in the boundaries of his own state, but is using all of the buzzwords that we're hearing out of, for example, Governor Gavin Newsom. Now, he's not even mentioned that he is running for political office, the highest office in the land yet. But I think that's sort of the elephant in the room. Why else would you have a debate with Ron DeSantis just a few days ago? I think we've known from the start that this is an individual with an eye toward the national stage. It would not surprise me if before too much longer, Pritzker does the exact same thing, which is why we're hearing a packed name like Think Big America. This is somebody who has not his sights set on good leadership in Illinois. He is looking outside the boundaries of Illinois and possibly to national office. If that is the case, then that's going to be a dark day for America. These aren't the policies any one of us want. And all the polling data from Rasmussen indicates exactly that. Well, Newsom is good looking. He's a handsome son of a gun. He's got the fiberglass teeth. He's six foot four. You know, Pritzker's, all of them look like uh, uh, Fred Flintstone who got hit in the head with a rock and opened the beef sandwich, uh, beef stand. So the reality is I don't think that it's going to sell nationally just optically. And the, but the problem is the roots of that Pritzker money run very deep. I mean, do we know how many leases were cut for the Pritzker real estate fortune by Penny Pritzker when she was the Commerce Secretary? I do know that she cut at least seven of government agencies that now rent from her family's real estate holdings. Do you think there's a scandal enough that can be exposed to repulse the decent people in America? I hope there is. I think at this point, it's just a matter of educating the right way. This is something that needs to be, I think, shouted from the rooftops. We've seen not an era of statesmen, but this is now an era of politicians. These are people who are out for personal gain. And I'm seeing a real void in Democratic leadership right now from candidates who are expressing what they're fighting against, but not what they're working I don't see anyone yet who's established as a legitimate contender out of the Democratic Party. Newsom ostensibly is sort of in the dock on that particular issue. But it would not surprise me if they mount Pritzker's campaign as being an alternative as well, just so that there is some depth of field as a ballast to what we're seeing from the White House right now, which is unfortunately in many respects 
an administration that has propped up the commander in chief for the last 12 months of his presidency. Pritzker cut a deal in Illinois with a, a well-known Chinese communist company, and he gave him $8 billion of, of, of funny money, of, of subsidies and whatnot. Do we know if the Chinese Communist Party has contributed to uh, Pritzker's Think Big America? We don't yet, but it would take just a little bit of investigative reporting because this is a new pack. I think in time, all of those things are ultimately going to be revealed. So where can the people go to see the article that the uh, Tribune thought the people need to be, needed to be protected from? Where can they go for real information and your article? You can find our article reprinted originally from the Washington Times, where it eventually ran, at heritage.org. And they can follow me on Twitter, where I've tweeted the article as well, at Sarah P. Perry. I love it. She is Sarah Partial Perry. Thank you so much for making time for me. I appreciate you and having the courage to write the article of a Democrat mafia oligarch's family legacy and uh, insistent in, in continuing to try to circumvent rules. I appreciate it. Thanks so much, Sean. Okay, we'll be back with your calls and comments. Call Sean now. 312-642-5600. AM560, the answer. When the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie, that's amore. You know, my uh, uncle owned Dora's Pizza in Melrose Park. Ever tell you that's from? Oh, the best pizza you ever had. Like had. In the meantime, what killed all of those businesses? Corruption. Democrat corruption. So we got a couple of guys on the line. Before I get to Lloyd Austin and his thievery in the in the uh, world of foreign policy, corruption, mayhem, and murder, let's uh, let's see how they get in positions of power. Anyway, it's the local areas they learn how to corrupt. Largest carriers at O'Hare are growing concerned with the cost of the airport's massive multi-phase renovation plan. City Council Aviation Committee Chairman Matt O'Shea told the Chicago Sun-Times that both American and United have been engaged in high-stakes negotiations on the renovation plans for months, with the meeting between both airlines and the mayor's office held on Monday. See, now that was when Lori Lightfoot was in office. Now that they've got the real buffoon and thief and Marxist moron with his ridiculous haircut, they want out. So now American Airlines and United want out of the ridiculous boondoggle of... They already wasted $7 billion. This is another 2.7 that has grown to 9. They don't want anything to do with it. But it starts even smaller than that, Squirrel. You remember the dimwit in Dalton who uh, spent $3,700 at Bubba Gump Shrimp? Well, she's at it again. I know that we have an electronic warrant list, but then on this AP list, there are some items on here that have already been paid with the credit card. So I'm trying to understand why they're on the AP warrant list versus the electronic warrant list. You want you want to know why they're on the AP warrant list instead of the electronic warrant list, and they were paid with the credit card. Okay, Janice. Math. I like when Democrats do math. It's a big production. Walking around, Which taking their shoes are you speaking off. about? Okay, image one um, for $4,726. Um, the balance, it was $2,000 that was paid with the credit card. And then it said it was a balance of $4,726 that is, was paid with the credit card. Then it's uh, Juicy Crab. That was a, a township event in Alabama that was paid with the credit card. Juicy Crab. I hope they were better than Bubba Gump. Did you come in at less than $3,700, you moron? And it's on this warrant list. 
Then it's Jim and Nick's Barbecue, which was a township event in Alabama. And it was which one do you think was higher? What was it, Jim and Craig's Barbecue or Juicy Crab Squirrel? Ooh, even money, it's going to be Juicy Crab. Get that sounds, in my belly! It sounds Come expensive. On. People of Dalton paid $22,000 in restaurant tabs. Tom in Blue Island, how you doing? Hey, Sean Ditto's brother. Hey, uh... Coming you ever been to Juicy Crab, Tom? Today. Did you ever get the French fries at Juicy Crab? Oh, they're scrumptious. Go ahead. Juicy Crab. Man, crab is for, uh, crab is for aristocrats. Not I don't know if you want your crab juicy. You may have to run to the commode. Go ahead. <laughs> hey, listen. Um, made it by the uh, new camp on uh, 38th in California, and I'm going to tell you what. I've been at a lot of tent activities, and I've never seen a tent like that. I think you said it cost $25, $30 million. But, 29, $29 you know, Neighbors yeah. out there, yeah, neighbors yeah. out there picketing, probably getting about as much attention as uh, Margo Mouth does when he calls your show here. But oh. that tent is kicking, Sean. Oh, yeah. In they fact, have a uh, big fiesta there. I, lo- I love the fact that the morons who've been voting Democrat their entire life, thank you for the call, they think they're going to stop the fact that the ground is tainted and the uh, two half-assed wise guys who make up the LLC are getting paid 91000 a month for tainted land. Yes, in about 30 minutes, a group of Brighton Park residents will ask a Cook County judge for a temporary restraining order to halt construction immediately. The- Ooh, I hope it's not. I wonder if this Cook County judge, like the two in the family court that sit on the table of wisdom LLC, I wonder if these Cook County judges are Democrats. The group is suing the city, which started erecting tents on the southwest side property last week. The state committed $65 million for construction of the camp. Governor Pritzker's spokesperson tells WGN Investigates the state won't proceed and construction has stopped because the Illinois EPA has questions about an environmental study that found toxic substances on the site. Well, that's nothing. A little lunch at Juicy Crab can't solve. Cream Puff Jim, you've been to Juicy Crab, you fat bastard. How is it? Not too bad, but you need coupons. You need coupons. Oh, you got to bring the coupons. Go ahead. You got to bring the coupons. You got to cut them out of the paper. Uh, Harry Hopkins is uh, one of my, uh, I'm transferring that today. He said he was a class, he 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 had the purity of St. Francis and the nerve of the racetrack town. You're talking about the cinematographer for Netflix? Who the hell is Harry Hopkins? Harry Hopkins ran the New Deal. President oh, another short in the pants, gang, gangster yeah, stealing he, he, money. Take, but he take all of them out to the track, and he dispensed the different uh, agencies from the racetrack. And the it was, there was a literary explosion. That group that was the biggest experiment in literature in the history of the world. How did you think and it turned out? It turned out fantastically. Think oh, of all the great, absolutely. Think of all the great writers. Yeah, 63% of Americans on welfare. Now, was he fatter or skinnier than that Mama Jones or that Mother Jones, that other Irish communist you like? <laughs> Mother Jones is a thing of beauty. Oh, Mother yeah. Jones is a little, yeah. little Irish woman who was uh, Yeah, at about yeah, 280 pounds. She looked like I mean, you in a skirt. Yeah, good. that's a wonderful look. More Irish communists destroying America. In the meantime, I prefer the Chicago Mafia right out in your face. Terracon Consultants conducted the assessment at 38th in California. Its nearly 800-page report states contaminants, including arsenic, mercury, lead, and cancer-causing PCBs were found in the soil. $29 million, 91000 a month, and you're going to pay it. 
And who's at the helm? Well, this guy's dressed just like Lori Lightfoot with a dumber hairdo. Jeanette Taylor made headlines in 2021 when she went toe-to-toe with then-Mayor Lori Lightfoot during a 10th city council meeting. Now the outspoken 20th Ward Alderwoman back in the spotlight for recent comments she made critical of Mayor Brandon Johnson during an interview on the Ben Javarsky Show. Hey, we should not be on the fifth floor. And I'm speaking my whole heart. We were not ready because we haven't been in government long enough to know how government really runs. Taylor was unavailable for a follow-up interview, but her comments were referencing the progressive movement that she and Mayor Johnson have been a part of for years. I felt like we're not ready, and it's showing out in the wash. I don't got to say it. People see it. We're pretending like now we got the power that will show you how it's supposed to be done, and we look real stupid right now. I think No, you don't. You look just like your policies. Stupid and corrupt. Don't forget the corruption factor. Because what this migrant tent is the prima facie evidence that even morons who've been voting Democrat their entire miserable, useless existence cannot deny. You're all slaves. And the tent's going up and the money's going out and you can't do guts on ghoul about it. In September, Mayor Brandon Johnson unveiled his plan to open winterized base camps across the city to get migrants out of police stations and O'Hare. This camp would be the first and could house up to 2,000 migrants. Neighbors opposed to 2,000 migrants, 65 million from the state, 29 million from the, uh, the city and continues to pay. Who exactly owns that tainted, useless land? $91,000 a month. I love it. Now eat it. You're a Democrat. Craig, I'm out Greenwood. Hey, Sean. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. I got a question for you. I heard them talking about uh, Kamal Harris. She, uh, she, she wants to fighting to stop it between uh, Hamas and Israel. She said the fighting should stop, and then she wants to see the uh, Palestinian Authority revitalized. She wants to revitalize them. Tell she's talking about revitalizing them. She's a terrorist sympathizer, and she means revitalize them by show them how to steal from the people with the false hint of virtue in a climate agenda. These are the same people that not only pretend that we have to implement climate rules on American citizens, but want us to continue to fund murder and mayhem in foreign corrupt hellholes. Ukraine, thank you, thank you thank for you. this meeting. I like when he when he was an actor and he sounded like a little girl, like a ballerina when he danced around in high heels and a halter top. Now he's a tough guy. And for your coming, it's very important signal for Ukraine. Thanks uh, to Congress, bipartisan. <laughs> What's Ukraine do with the money, Squirrel? Well, I know. I found out what they do. Ukrainians are spending more on cars, with latest monthly figures showing a 45% year-on-year increase. And their favorite motors are Chinese electric vehicles and luxury European brands. So you're buying Bentleys, Mercedes, and Chinese communist energy or electric cars? And you're doing it with our money? And you need more? You rats. If it wasn't for that disco music, you'd be virtually useless. 312-642-5600. We'll be back. I was listening to the Sean Thompson show. I'm saddened that this guy supposedly represents us. I mean, I am appalled. He's just disgusting, sexist pig, and an absolute disgrace. Thank you. AM560, the answer. Taxpayer dollars to ask the Ukrainians to help them cheat an election. Juicy crap! It's gotta be the juicy crab. I told Swalwell 
when he took his Chinese spy fang thing out for lunch. Whatever you do, don't go to Juicy Crap. Roger, Southside. Hey, how you doing, brother? Good. You know, here's my issue. Okay, okay. We've seen this through, you know, uh, a little bit of ROM, um, through Lightfoot, now with this guy. Not just with these illegals, with everything. They're not even accountable to the council. And obviously the council is, is, is going to roll with everything. This cut is- me in or cut it out, council? Come on, man. You see, you know these guys. How about my favorite is when you'd see nine fingered Rahm Emanuel out at uh, uh, what's the what's the the wise guy place where you get the prime rib? Gene and Giorgetti's or Erie Street. You'd see him out there with his with his entourage, four cars, all eating like they were successful. It's open and notorious, Roger. Chicago, man, they love it that way. But that two bit con man with the with the Rolex with the green face at Burke and at Tavern on Rush with the Viagra in his pocket, the whores on his arm. They love it, man. Well, you know when Rom used to have to go to Gene and Georgetti's, they used to it, it, he he got a little embarrassed once in a while because the booster seat out the, the high school. No, they yeah, you got to bring out the booster. Sure, that's all right. They, yeah, that, what do you think they got the ur- low urinal for? <laughs> Property of Rom. I know. That's come on. But this on. is just going down a road of. You want him to pee on himself? I, I don't know. I'm predict. I think we need to start making predictions on when complete good people. I'm not. I'm not even going to put it in the categories of, of races of black, white, and brown. No. When, when, we- when do you think you're going to see the full flight out of here? I'm That's- thinking by the spring. You got three hundred and forty thousand left in what a year and a half, two years of all races, all races. Come on, man! If you're decent, you don't want to live like this. Did you see what happened on Michigan Avenue? Here, thank you, Roger, for the call. Here's Michigan Avenue. Remember the old uh, Neiman Marcus? Police are investigating an attempted smash and grab that happened at four thirty this morning. A group of people crashed a Nissan sedan into the Neiman Marcus store in the seven hundred block of North Michigan Avenue. They were with low rent people, man. Not to mention the stewardess that got hit with a law. I mean, it's every fracking day. They can't get enough of it. And in the meantime, the media reports like it's just normal business. This is open and notorious corruption. And they're making fun of the people. Have been camped out at the site every day. The mayor's office says the property is safe for temporary residential use and contaminants. Listen, the mayor's office said it's we got the ground test here, you stupid idiot. But then again, look at your hairdo. It's safe. Who's it safe for? Well, the migrants, we're cashing in like there's no tomorrow. I mean, after all, we're losing our historical scams. O'Shea also claims that United has revived a 2018 threat to move its headquarters from downtown Chicago if it doesn't get its way. Now, those. No kidding. Like every other decent business that didn't want to get shaken down by these Democrats short in the pants gangsters? Don and Bloomingdale. Hey, Sean, everything's going to be fine. The unelected John Kerry today said we no longer need coal-fired power plants at the same time China and India are opening one every month. So don't worry, everything's fine. He's an asset of the Communist Party, like his master. Not Xi Jinping, but Joe Biden. And in the meantime, this is the degrowth movement. This is the neutering of American superiority. This is the weakening of our economy, of our nation, of our principles. And they have exactly who they need in positions of power. We need to redistribute wealth, cancel climate debt, implement a universal basic income, massively invest in loss and damage funds, degrow the economy in high-income countries, increase universal public services, reduce working time, dematerialize, and reprioritize what it means to live a human life. 
What she's describing is the Biden foreign policy, is the Biden fascism, the same one the Democrats in Chicago will vote for every frackin' time because they're useful slaves to corruption. They just want in on it. They don't like it when they're not the focus point or the recipient, though. That's the only hope you have. The greed of the communist Marxist Chicago short-in-the-pants Democrat. We'll be back in 21. <laughs> 